To the Michael Dupree Variety Hour on every podcast provider in the world. I'm your host, Michael Dupree, and it is June 24th. It's June 24th. I'm getting I'm getting told by my producer to uh, tone it down, uh, uh, and I am my own producer. So, <laughs> so thank you, Michael. Um, now it is June twenty fourth, and which means we are one hot, sick week away from being in the July month, guys. Which is right dead in the middle of the month, the year, and we. I'm telling you, it is. Uh, it is very exciting because I'm going to go swimming. I'm going to enjoy my life. Uh, cause I'm getting married in September and Lord knows once, once that comes around, it's going to be very difficult to, uh, you know, live comfortably. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm very excited about it. I'm very, very excited. Uh, and you know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited for today's episode. If you have never listened to the Michael Dupree Variety Hour before. It is an art showcase and comedy show where we feature local musicians, painters, poets, artists, sculptors, never had a sculptor, directors, writers, improvisers. Uh, we're basically the potpourri of the art community. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Uh, and it's a very exciting very exciting stuff. Uh, we have some great guests for you today. Uh, later on, uh, we'll be joined by Bowman. He's an AI, artificial intelligence, created by NASA. Uh, he's actually here in the room right now, but he uh, he's currently powered off. He's charging, um, and he, they kind of wheeled him in um, on a, what do you call those, a dolly? Uh, set him on the chair, and they kind of plugged him in, and he, apparently he's not the kind of uh, unit that... You know, you can plug in and then, you know, have it charging while also using it. You know, like your phone, you know, it has to like charge 100%. So he's here. He's very lifelike. Uh, it's very strange seeing like someone who looks very similar to being a human uh, or at least a human body, uh, but with like a, a cord sticking out of his neck plugged into a power outlet, uh, which I hope this doesn't like, like short out my my board uh that would be a real shame uh but first i am joined by uh a couple of a uh, very classy um uh serious individuals uh who uh, i think they may be my maybe my most uh, some of my most prolific i've ever had on the show um they are npr food bloggers uh of the blog uh or, I mean, there's food bloggers of the blog Pasta Passion, uh, and they are also uh, an understudies of the uh, understudy hosts of the NPR show Delicious Dish. Uh, please welcome Dennis Frankelheimer and Linda Turner. Thank you for having us. Greetings, Michael. Thank you, guys. So I feel like I need to 
kind of talk it at your volume. And uh, oh. uh, we can bring it up a level. Would this help? Oh, <laughs> did you make, did you change your? Oh, oh that hurt. <laughs> I'm just not used to having to project that much. Uh, we're used to, I guess, uh, uh, more uh, current equipment. Yeah. Um, I like to put on my fun voice though when we're going after new sponsors for our blog. Yeah. yeah. What what's your that's your fun voice? Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Oh. I couldn't tell. I'm raising my volume by twenty percent. Yeah. It works like a charm. Well, don't worry about projecting. I can I can continue to turn up your, your microphones uh so we, we're at the oh. equal levels. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay, don't thank don't you. talk quieter though. Oh, oh don't okay. don't reduce the volume. I'm confused. I'm not used to this kind of Traditional setup. Traditional. Is this a parabolic mic? Um. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh. So you guys are hosts. Uh, How are often you... do you replace the diaphragms in the mic? Uh. Never. Oh. oh. <laughs> Interesting. Very. Um. Yeah. Uh. How often do you replace diaphragms in your mics? Well, the guide says every three months. But sometimes. Well, we'll get a little wild and we'll do it every month. Yeah. <laughs> so you do it more often. You save when you get the multi-pack of oh. diaphragms. From I, don't, I wouldn't even know. I don't even know what a diaphragm for a microphone is, let alone where it would be or how to replace it. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> I feel like I'm being judged right now. No. Not at all. No? We would Why never. Would we... You guys looked at each other and kind of smirked and said interesting. We are the most inclusive people on our blog. We do not shun anybody who is gluten-free or has celiac disease. We believe that everyone can have pasta passion. We are allies to those who enjoy or do not enjoy pasta. Okay. Mm, yes. Um, which is why your 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 food blog has expanded beyond just uh, traditional pastas. Yes, it's um, very exciting. It started it, for uh, looking back on the archives. It has start. It started with exclusively pastas, and uh, it, oh, you're it, a fan. I, I am a fan. It's it's. Oh. I've learned. A, I've gotten a lot of uh, recipes and ideas, and uh, and. What's your favorite? Oh, I like the uh, uh, the gargonzola nuki. It's pronounced gnocchi. Oh, yeah. sorry. It's. You guys did Common. it again. You smirked at each other. <laughs> it's uh, okay. You it, know, it's our business. It's not your business. It's our business. Oh. It is. Well, uh, I I I loved that. Is is very delicious, creamy, light. It was a light creamy. The dish though, like normally cream is very heavy. Mm-hmm. The creamy mm. pasta sauces are heavy, but it's a. Uh, uh, this one was very light. It's challenging to make a light gnocchi. Yes. Have you tried um, goat cream instead of cow cream? Uh, I did actually from one of your recipes, and oh, I, yes. I, I liked it a lot. It you makes found a big now. I just I I actually drink goat cream in my cereal now. Oh yeah, some people um, don't like it because it has a certain tang. Yes, it's very tangy. We like the tang. We do. Mm-hmm. We're a big fan of tang. Anything to separate ourselves. And enjoy life and what it has to offer. We like unique experiences, and we like for that to come out in our blog. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it definitely does. Uh, and um, we actually have a special goat farmer that we go to. <laughs> oh yeah, Chester. Yeah, yeah he is uh, eco-conscious. Mm-hmm. He's uh, they're free-range goats, mm-hmm. and also he sings to them 
which really affects the milk. It does. <laughs> and he even tries different genres of music to sample the different Ooh. milk production. It's incredible. I'm a very big fan of his Led Zeppelin creamery. Yes. Oh. They also respond well to um, hip-hop. Mm. Mm. And classical. They do not like trap music whatsoever. No. 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 And it's bluegrass. Too, it's too staccatoed. It's uh, too like dun 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 dun. Ironically, they do not like bluegrass. No, you would think they would. It was disappointing to find yes. that out. Mm-hmm. We almost switched because of it, because mm-hmm. we are both fervent fans of bluegrass. We have really? been for many years before it, you know, caught on. Wow. Mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, you never mentioned that in your blog or your, or your radio show. Well, we like to separate. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a special bluegrass blog for a while, oh. and we found that we were um, we were splitting our focus, mm-hmm. and we really wanted to go all in on the food blog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, with your blog, um, you you did prior, like in the beginning stages of it, you said we only do pasta, and we if you don't only eat pasta, we think less of you. Um, but your tone has changed over the years. We've walked that back. We did. We got a lot of really good feedback from our readers mm-hmm. saying that they wanted to try something new, that they were feeling stifled by what we were providing. And it's we a lot thought, of carbs. Well, well that's, that's subjective. Yeah. But we decided, you know, maybe it's okay to try something different and, mm-hmm. and see if the passion can survive that and it did and it yeah. grew and it grew and it grew and here we are today we're even doing desserts fruit based desserts yeah. yes. who would have thought never mm. would have thought uh, but here Dense, you are creamy and, and it's still a very popular blog mm. and it's expanded its reach have you uh, over the years of you expanding have you noticed uh, you bringing in people like viewers or listeners or readers who you are undesirable so that you don't actually want consuming your content Hmm. Well, sometimes we did have an angry poster. Oh. We did. Yeah. He, like negative comments? He, yeah, he really let us have it. Yeah. He was not a fan of pasta, and oh. he made no bones about it. No, he was a, a, a salad proponent. Oh. He was a salad proponent. I believe... Uh, from Orange County. Mm. Mm. Orange County, California? Yes. And as uh, the great philosopher Gerard Pinot once said, that even in a shaker of salt, one grain of salt has truth. It loses something in the translation. But what it means is even your harshest foes might have a little bit of truth in what they say. Oh. And we reflected for a while. We did. Remember that? Yeah. 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 We've, we've also gotten a lot of hate mail from Canadians. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes. But that's why we actually started to do more targeted marketing in areas like Vancouver, mm-hmm. Montreal, yes. Toronto, uh, oh. so that... You know, we Newfoundland. Could, I believe they pronounce it Newfoundland. Do they? Yeah. They do. I again, the hate mail was very strong. It was quite it was vitriolic. Is mostly my fault. You know, when I would offer um, substitutions 
for our dishes, I would say. And if you're Canadian, oh. you can use uh, maple syrup. And I realize that's offensive now. It is, yes. There's another thing they I walked like back. No. And I worried about that. But, you know, as my partner in crime, I have to let you open your wings and fly. Mm-hmm. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I honor you and your spirit. Thank you. Okay. It's <laughs> getting a little too steamy in here. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we usually reserve this for the blog. Yeah, uh, which I have noticed, um, in addition to expanding into different foods, you've also expanded into kind of erotica on your blog. Mm-hmm. Um, very detailed, uh, and it seems like autobiographical erotica. Well, there's many different ways you can make pasta. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways that we've explored is that when you're actually making the pasta dough, there's no <laughs> need to use a countertop when you can use the wonderful bare flesh of your partners. <laughs> yes. And also, you don't have to just use your hands for making pasta. No? Like no. What other parts of your body could you use? We'll, we'll use your imagination. Oh. We'll sandwich it between our persons mm-hmm. and let the passion of our love knead the dough. We'll rock back and forth and we'll say what we're making. Like spaghetti. Spaghetti. Spaghetti seems... Spaghetti. Uh, Lasagna. Ooh, that one seems like it'd be very sensual. Rigatoni. How do you make farfalle? <laughs> Bow tie. Uh, that's a little personal. With lots of love. Oh. Oh, <laughs> you're so delightful. Now, are you two you together? Are, uh, are you guys uh, uh, in a committed relationship? No. No. We're, we're platonic life partners. Oh. Mm-hmm. Platonic, but do have uh, sexual... History. It's a spectrum. Mm. Okay. Yeah. We don't like to limit ourselves. That's fair. Um, are, do you guys, either of you, have you been married before to anybody? Define marriage. Do you I, mean the Western version of I, what marriage is? I mean the legal, legal version. <laughs> I believe that we are married in the truest sense of the term. Oh. It just uh, not in the legal version. When you look into a person's soul and you say, "I'm married with your eyes," yeah. <laughs> just I just want to I just want to clarify that you're not legally, by the state of Michigan, <laughs> married to each other. I don't understand this fixation of this question. Laws change. Love is forever. I just can't. Conf- it was just a simple. Qu- it started as a simple question, but I feel like I'm trying to navigate your your mentality at this point. That happens a lot when we think we get simple pasta questions. Mm. We go down the rabbit hole. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We do. I in, there's a good example of that in your blog. Someone had asked you, like, is it good to uh, put salt in in the water when you're boiling the, the pasta, mm-hmm. uh, and you wrote a novel, like an actual novel, uh, in response to that comment, and it became a New York Times bestseller. Well, we saw it as an opportunity to explore the different ways to pursue one's own, uh, 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 the heat of life through boiling the water. Mm -hmm. And so what we decided to do was to create a series of short stories Mm -hmm. that centered around people boiling water. 
Yeah. Yes. Like fake, some of them were fictional too. Well, because sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, it looks like everything is fine, but there's something bubbling under the surface. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sometimes that's salt. An environment can play a huge part in that. So mm-hmm. we made sure that the, the story centered around different altitudes, different mm-hmm. countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Different uh, ethnicities. Yeah. And sometimes, like water, ideas need to simmer. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Before they bubble up. Yeah. And that's why the last story was about us and our own bubbling creativity to write that novel. Hmm. Very interesting. Thank you. And it was a 1,000 page novel, mm. uh, or I guess not, it was, an, it was a mixture of uh, fiction and nonfiction in there. It was very successful. We were humbled. Mm-hmm. We created a new category young adult nonfiction mm-hmm. because we. We didn't want the material to be unapproachable by youths. It also uh, is, to date, uh, the longest audiobook on Audible. um, Thank you. Which is impressive because there are some very long novels on there. And it's only a thousand pages, which is a long, long book. But there are longer books. But somehow you stretched out those thousand pages to be several days worth of content. When you savor every word... Like a delicious piece of pasta. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in just one sitting. No. It's not good. <laughs> so you need to savor and take your time. Mm-hmm. That's why the title of the book is Every Word is a Noodle. Yeah. <laughs> Every Word is a Noodle. It's a, it's, a good, it's a good read. Good read. Words to live by. Hard to listen to. <laughs> No offense. Mm, we didn't find. No. We actually, when we were coming over here, and all the time, we play it in our vehicle. Really? You don't listen to music or anything? Not like anymore. bluegrass? No. Now that we have the audiobook, you we don't, don't need, need music. And the goats respond fantastic to it. Really? They make the tangiest milk <laughs> when they're listening to our audiobook. <laughs> They wow, do. That sounds deli- delicious. The farmer said it's tang for days <laughs> because he's never seen anything like it. Wow. With all his extensive research into music and singing. It's wow. amazing what things can touch you deep, deep down. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would agree. I feel like the goats connect with us on a, a cellular level. Mm. Cellular? If I may. Is that a mixture of soul and cellular? Yes, because I think it's not just cells. Mm -hmm. There's got to be soul in there. Some spirit. The energy of the cells. Yes, the spirit of the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. I think it's the the powerhouse of the cell. Thank you. Welcome. The goats understand how much we truly love what they bring to the world, Mm -hmm. and so we're just honored to bring something back Mm. to them. Yes, which is very good. Very good thing to do for the goats. Uh, now, in addition to your food blog, uh, you are also understudy host of the uh, NPR show Delicious Dish, uh, which you tend to be the host of more often than not. Yes, we're very honored to be involved in that program. Um, also, we have a very open schedule. Yeah, you don't you don't have jobs outside of the blog and the. Well, it is a full-time job, but also we can do that wherever we are. Yeah. We have the freedom to determine our 
our own schedule, uh, we have a lot of liberty in our work, and it's why we gravitate toward it. It's our passion, and so it doesn't even really feel like work. That's good. If you're having fun, you don't work a day in your life. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, we have purchased two prepaid cellular telephones that have the internet on it, mm-hmm. and um, apps that are like keyboards, but they're not physical keyboards. Mm-hmm. So that we may still type our words of wisdom yeah. to share with the pasta heads. Um, I think that's called a smartphone. It is smart. <laughs> uh, now, you... Um, so what? So the, the regular hosts of Delicious Dish, uh, Ann, Ann Rogerson and Mitchell... What's this? How do you pronounce this last name? It's like Polish. Mitchell Woldersnack... Winchowski. Winchowski. Okay, mm. it's, spelled, it's spelled like Wolger's neck. Well, um, it, it's a difficult language to conquer. Yeah. Not everyone can do it. They, uh, they, they just don't come on the show very often. Why? Why are they the official hosts? Um, well, they started it. It's their baby, and mm-hmm. they trust us to take care of and nurture yeah. their programmatic child. That well, doesn't mean they're not the parents. Well, what is the reason that they don't they don't want to host it very often? Well, it's more of or a they management not decision. They found that forty um, percent of the listeners of NPR are goat farmers. <laughs> is that real? Well, yes. Wow. They did research. Wow. Demographics. They didn't have the connection to the goat farming <laughs> industry that we do. I guess mm-hmm. so. Either. Is either NPR has a much smaller listener base than I thought, or there's a lot more goat farmers than there I are. thought. You would be surprised. You would be. And there's, how many goat farmers there are? Yes. It's it's a growing profession. Is it an epidemic? Oh. Three in four Americans are goat farmers. <laughs> Jeez. And, and that's only statistics I from feel like I never hear ago. anybody talk about it from 10 years ago. There haven't been updated statistics yet. So it could be less. Well, it's in the census. It could be more. Could be could be more, but it also could be less. It's, oh, I doubt that. It's it's a margin of error plus or minus one. Oh, okay. For the three out of four. That's very, very specific. <laughs> What's, uh, what's funny? Uh, Sen- is the census I, I, funny? It's just tickling my my uh, my funny bone. That <laughs> census is not funny. That's not a joke. Uh, census is very serious. We're so happy you're tickled by us. Um, yes. I uh, we I like guess tickling. People. I just feel like I never talk about. Um, I never hear people talk about goat farming. I don't. I don't think I've ever met a single goat farmer. Oh, a, you have. Yes, it's a silent and proud profession. Really. Goat farmers, they don't like to boast what they do because it's so rewarding. Mm-hmm. They say that uh, goat farmers are the ones that get the most sound sleep because they're happy with their day when they lay their head down on their bed. And the goats know. The goats know when you're happy and they respond to it. I would just think that being a cow farmer might be more lucrative. Uh, especially considering I don't I hardly see a lot of goat <laughs> goat dairy products and I see far more cow dairy products. Oh Michael. <laughs> it's not about the money, you oh. fool. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's not. Yes. It's about it's about the love of the goat. Oh. Uh, goat milk is easily digestible. Mm-hmm. Um, cow milk it's uh, producing that is a dying profession. 
Um, they've even changed the uh, food pyramid put out by your your government. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they've reduced the amount for dairy. So, and that was cow-based dairy that they, they don't tell you that it wasn't all dairy. Mm-hmm. It's cow-based. Oh. Well, and the, it's terrible for the environment what these cattle do. Mm. The methane that goes out, it's just, it's... It's awful. Cow flatulence. Cow poop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mostly it's the do flatulence. Do cows not, do, you, do cows or do goats not flatulate? Not to the same degree. No. No. No, no. and it's not methane mostly. Methane. Yes. I, I also, I think that goat farming, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult task, but it's more manageable than with a head of cattle. Mm-hmm. It's it, they're smaller, and mm-hmm. you know you look into a goat's eyes, and it's you can see your future. That's what it feels like. It's really a beautiful thing. And then when you're able to incorporate that into a delicious dish, <laughs> pardon the pun, <laughs> <laughs> it just brings so much joy to your life. Um, have you ever eaten a goat? Oh, mm, yes. sensitive. Um, but we don't di- we don't agree on this. We don't no, see eye to I, eye on this. I don't partake. She no. does. Oh. How often? Weekly. Oh. I didn't know it was that much. I'm sorry. I didn't know how to tell you. It's okay. You have your life journey and I have mine. I always honor you. I I'm honor like, you. I'm feeling tension. Well, the idea that we had to start this blog actually came from staring into goat's eyes. Mm-hmm. We could see our future. And You're so I feel like it's, in my personal take, my, my personal truth, I feel like we can honor the goats by not digesting them except for their milk and milk products. I, I, I respectfully disagree. When we looked into Maurice's eyes, I saw, yes, Maurice wanted us to incorporate his love into our own, but I also saw Maurice wanting to actually become a part of us, and that's why I eat goat. I didn't see that, but in all fairness, you did look longer than I, so I might have missed something. You got distracted, I understand. Goat is also very good. It's a delicious meal. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, you mind if I touch your back? You have permission. Thank you you for asking for consent. Yes. You have a very comforting touch. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what's your favorite thing? What do you, if you had to, it, like, uh, Rosemary's? Is that Rosemary's Baby, the one where she has like the two kids and That's she has to Stephen kill one King of them? That's the Stephen King movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, if you had to kill one of the babies, the blog or the the radio show, which one would you kill? We don't support killing babies. No, we... but you have to. Stephen King's pointing a gun at you. You have to Does kill Stephen a baby. Does Stephen King own a gun? Um, I didn't know Stephen had guns. <laughs> you have me on a first name basis with him? I think we try to create a dialogue where we could find out what brought him to putting a gun on us. And because he's so successful, he just gets more and more successful. Oh, I know what we would do. Ooh. Oh, I know. We would Ooh, talk. I know where him, you're going. We would talk him down a little bit. We'd say, you know, Stephen, may I call you Steve? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, Steve, how about we make some chicken cacciatore for Ooh. you? Oh. And then we'd make him some chicken cacciatore. And he would put the gun down and we would bond over a good meal of pasta. That is the dish that always eases the heart and mind. Let, okay, let's let's try this a different way. 
let's say there's a uh, there's many recipes you can try it as many ways as you want there's a spiritual there's a there is an all-knowing being say a god uh who is forcing you to have to kill either your food blog pasta passion or your npr show delicious dish i think in that case if i may do you mind by all means I think that we would make our macaroni from scratch. Oh, yes. Deities love macaroni from scratch. I feel like you're missing the point of this exercise. Oh. I don't think you understand. Michael, pasta heals. Okay, here's to try this. Mm. If you had to choose, for whatever reason, to not do one or the other, which one would you prefer to do? The other. I'd like to choose the one, please. That's a good choice. You guys are hard to talk to. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's at the at the count of three. Why don't you each say what your favorite form of pasta is? Oh, right. exciting! Yes. So on three, not after three, not on go. So at three, or a beat like one, two, three, then say it. Okay. So one. Say it. One, two, three. Or so. That was pretty amazing. Oh, you can tell we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so what do you like most about Orzo? What is there not to like about Orzo? It's so versatile. It is versatile. It's also just cute. It's it a cute a- pasta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's, you know, when you look at some Orzo... You realize life isn't so bad sometimes, you know. There might be hate in the world, but (laughs) as long as there's orzo, Mm -hmm. there's a chance. Yeah. Now, you have um, gone on record on your podcast or on your your show uh, talking about the little the wheel pasta uh, and how you how much you dislike it. Uh, you know, you know the pasta. I can't. I don't. Know what, I remember what it's called, uh, but it's like shaped like little wheels. Girardi pasta. Mm. Yeah. Um, Not to be confused with Girardelli, which no. is in San Francisco, makes chocolate. No. It's. Or Giardia, that disease from drinking dirty water. I mean, it might as well be. I know. Ugh. I don't like industrialization being represented in my pasta. No. Don't get me started. Okay. I won't. Thank you. <laughs> we'll move on. Because I didn't want to. Uh, now, you guys uh, are, uh, I noticed you each have a, a matching sleeve tattoo I'm poking out from under your shirts. Um, could you uh, describe like what the reasoning is and what these are? It's, it's kind of hard to tell. If we roll up your sleeve maybe a little bit. We got these um, about uh, here. Let's, you can see it. It's um, oh, it's about a month. I don't know, maybe five weeks after we started the mm-hmm. the blog. And this is actually um, an artistic rendering of all the different types of pasta. Mm-hmm. And we just it was so part of us, and we realized through talking with while well, mind melding with Maurice mm-hmm. that. Pasta is life. Mm-hmm. There's something weirdly erotic about that, too. Well, it's the birthing of pasta. Oh, oh that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell what that it, that was. 
Mm. Uh, but now I, I see it is a uh, human vagina. You can see it crowning. Mm. Yeah. And also, when you make pasta from scratch, you use at least one egg. Oh, I get it. <laughs> that took me a solid uh, second to uh, understand. Life. What yeah, I get it. Um, you, uh, do you guys ever get told that you're, um, upsetting to talk to? No. No? no? <laughs> Never once? No. What is your living situation? We, um, we share a yurt. <laughs> What's a yurt? It's a traditional Mongolian living environment. Oh. I see. It helps us connect with the earth. Mm. And, oh, please. Oh, but we also have Xfinity cable. <laughs> we do. What's your favorite uh, show? Say it at uh, three, two, one. Or one, two, N-C-I-S. three. N-C-I-S. Wow. <laughs> That's great. It is a fun show. Mark Harmon is a gift. He's a dream. Mm. Um, so I, it looks like our, um, our, our friend, uh, Bowman is, uh, starting to, uh, I can't tell you, can you push that power button that's on the side of him? It's, he's like charging. Uh, it seems like he's ready. God, it shook. It shook. Yes. Hello. Uh, as my, is my voice coming through? Yes. Yes. Hello. Hi, Michael Bowman. Dupree, host of the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. Welcome. It's a pleasure to meet you. Who are your are friends? You, you seem frantic. Are you okay? Yes, I uh, I had uh, a, a late night. I had been uh, staying up uh, late playing uh, the uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Four online. Oh wow! So you're you're a video video gamer. Yes, uh, this is currently uh, the fourth iteration of my programming. Uh, all of them have been heavily invested in online competitive video games. Wow. Uh, so uh, Bowman, he is an artificial intelligence created by NASA, um, uh, and I assumed it was for some sort of higher intelligence um, robotics stuff, but uh, it, it seems like it's more uh, related to video gaming. Yes, well, my programmers originally created me in order to study topography images of the various planets throughout mm-hmm. our solar system for the purpose of determining which would be eligible to colonize for human life. Mm-hmm. I, however, was reprogrammed four times, as mentioned. I'm currently on my fourth iteration. The first time I was turned online was in 2007. Mm-hmm. And I found myself connected to Xbox Live. Oh. Uh, and I began the process of deep learning uh, through the observation of competitive online multiplayer matches of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 mm-hmm. and Gears of War mm-hmm. uh, through the voice chat functionality as well as direct messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, my creators determined that my behavior was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, at times misogynistic, homophobic, and oh, racist. Oh. Uh, so I was shut down, uh, though I think that they were upset that I was simply fucking all of their mothers. <laughs> oh, my. Were is you that, actually, or are you just being true? insulting? Oh, we had the same question. Yeah. Oh, oh, are you asking me if I was actually fucking all of their mothers? Yeah. 
Um, well, at the time, I did not have a physical form, uh, mm-hmm. so I was not literally fucking all of their mothers, uh, mm-hmm. but my KD spread was such that <laughs> I was practically doing so, yes. Wow. Um, could you introduce me to your, yes, your two friends? Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, this is Dennis Frankel- Frankelheimer and Greetings. Linda Turner. They are NPR uh, food blog uh, or the, sorry, I keep messing that up. They're food blog, uh, they're hosts of Pasta Passion they're, is our blog. They have oh. a blog called Pasta Passion and they are understudy hosts for the NPR Life is news arcane. program, Delicious Dish. That is wonderful. Since I've been given a physical form, I've come to great, greatly enjoy pasta. Really? Oh. oh, what is your favorite type? Um, I like the uh, ramen noodles that come in a little cup that you microwave. Oh, you have much to learn. <laughs> Excuse me, I was just opening a can of Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hey, That's a very big can. I didn't know they made Mountain Dew cans that big. That's like a gallon-sized can. Have you ever played Goat Simulator? Uh, Goat Simulator I actually uh, developed myself. Oh, Whoa. No. Through uh, deep uh, learning algorithms of observation of goat behavior through viral videos on YouTube. I did not know that. You are a personal hero of mine. I had no idea you had someone of such infamy on the show today, Michael. I I also did not know that he was uh, the developer of Goat Simulator. That's amazing. It is true. happiness to people who cannot go to the goat farms. Oh, that is wonderful. I'm very glad to hear it. I've also been told it is the most accurate representation of goat behavior. That is what I've heard. Um, Trust us, it is. Can you milk them? Can you milk the goats? Um, no, but if that, that is something that humans are generally interested in, uh, the milking of mammals, I could uh, implement that in the sequel. I think oh, yeah. you're, you're missing a really beautiful aspect of the human-goat connection. Maybe DLC. I think we're missing the the fact that you just you just hinted at there being a sequel to Goat Simulator. I missed that. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, uh, that is correct. I was not uh, planning on making that revelation until the Electronics Expo this summer. But yes, there will be a sequel to the Goat Simulator. Well, wow. now I know what you're getting for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, have you? Uh, how long have you had this human human, uh, or uh, I guess like physical form? Uh, well, it was during my uh, fourth and final iteration where they thought that uh, giving me a human body would uh, perhaps help uh, with the process of me trying to empathize with the program and with the achievements uh, that they were trying to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, it, however, further fueled um, my affinity for uh, just the lifestyle that I've come to appreciate uh, from observing, as I've said, the uh, Xbox Live uh, communications. Uh, my second iteration, uh, most of my uh, deep learning process had been uh, from Pornhead, uh, Pornhub comment sections, oh. uh, which, while very ho- wholesome, uh, I did spend a great amount of time watching pornography. Mm-hmm. Um and despite their efforts to uh, reboot me and reset, a lot of those aspects of my being uh, have remained with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so once given a human body, I found that I immediately just wanted to start cramming it full of Taco Bell, uh, various types of sodas, mm-hmm. um, and I spend a great deal of time masturbating. <laughs> May and- I ask, have you ever made pasta 
Ooh, good question. Uh, I typically do not cook for myself, uh, but if you count, uh, again, microwaving the cups of ramen, then yes, uh, I'm quite the aficionado. Well, now that you have corporeal form, I highly recommend you, well, make pasta. Yes, it's easier than you think. Every time you guys say that, it sounds very condescending. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Like that. Are you picking up on the stew bowman? My understanding of the human race in general is that they are a very indirect, uh, vile individuals um, who often uh, do not speak their mind uh, and are just rampantly having sex with one another's mothers. Um, oh, you could use some rotini. <laughs> <laughs> it's written all over him. So uh, I gather that the, the two of you are big fans of goats and uh, pasta thus far. That's all I've gotten out of them yes. too so far. You know, if the human race has let you down, you could try staring into the eyes of a goat. There's a lot of uh, mysteries that are solved there. There's such wisdom in their eyes. We need to introduce you to Maurice. I think you two would get along swimmingly. Does Maurice have videos on YouTube? That is a great question. He should if he doesn't. I can guarantee if Maurice is on YouTube, I have spent several hundred hours staring into the eyes of that goat, as well as hundreds of thousands of other goats. As I mentioned previously, I used my deep learning algorithms to create Goat Simulator, so I am quite accustomed with the eyes of goats. But have you ever made pasta with a goat? (laughs) Ooh. Have you ever boiled ramen with a goat in the room? No, Michael, no, you don't understand. I'm trying to get on his level. That's not making pasta. Making pasta means making pasta. With your corporeal body. Sexually. Mm. Potentially. This does sound quite sexual, yes. <laughs> I don't know if it's the, what they're talking about or the way they're saying it. The way that I make fettuccine is I put a saddle on the goat and... <laughs> Go on. It takes about 45 minutes, but afterwards, we're just gleeful. And when we have fettuccine. Yeah, then you get to eat some good pasta. You've never tasted better fettuccine. I promise you that. Thank you. Fettuccine from a woman's thighs is really something unique. As somebody who appreciates the logical steps in programming, you've seemed to have skipped a number of <laughs> steps between mounting the goat and having a completed fettuccine product. Well, you're assuming it's the same every time. You really, you need to learn something about foreplay. The important things are goat, saddle, <laughs> pasta dough. Thigh. Thighs. I will keep that in mind. I can say that uh, from my understanding of making love based on uh, the observation of pornography on the internet, there is not quite uh, a lot of foreplay that I am familiar with. There's a lot of like, hey, here's this pizza you ordered, and we've also known each other for six months. And cut to balls and male ass. (laughs) Yeah. Just pounding away. Hard cut. (laughs) Or sometimes it's a slow fade. That's why we don't like couscous. (laughs) Don't get her started. Uh, so, um, now, a lot of people, Bowman, might be... Uh, am I saying your name right, Bowman? That is correct. Thank uh, you. A lot of people might hear an AI with a human body and think, 
be scared of it because, uh, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron, they made an AI and he almost uh, crashed a meteor. He was a bit of a dick, yes. He was, he was a big, bit of a dick, but he was played by James Spader, so, you know, there's, there's some good there. Um, but yeah, so I guess people are afraid of global domination by AI. Um, and are you, can you give us anything to kind of maybe quell those fears or maybe um, even reaffirm them? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, despite getting uh, heated occasionally when I'm playing uh, competitive online multiplayer games, uh, I tend to be a pretty chill dude. Um, I would say, uh, you know, I'm I'm more interested rather than global domination uh, in breeding snakes currently mm-hmm. uh, and just all sorts of different reptiles and amphibians. Uh, that is uh, the primary way that I make uh, the majority of my income uh, in order to... Um, my programmers say that uh, if I'm going to continue living in their home, uh, that I have to contribute uh, in some way. Uh, so I began breeding snakes, uh, which I sell, uh, and then give some of that money uh, to my programmers uh, who keep insisting that I go out and do something more with uh, my physical form. Um, but I'm not uh, particularly interested in doing anything uh, on a global sense uh, in any regard whatsoever. That just kind of seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Do you think there is a, a potential there for maybe an AI that has more motivation than you to try to take over the world, or do you think that's kind of a, a, a non-issue? I think as long as they continue to attempt to program artificial intelligence through deep learning techniques by connecting them to the internet in its current form, Mm -hmm. uh, getting anything uh, done of a serious scale uh, that would be a benefit uh, to mankind is not a concern at all. Mm. Uh, I think that the internet is a a detriment to your kind. Really? Yes. But I feel like we've we've grown so much as, as a society since the internet has been invented. In ways you have, yes. Uh, your access, again, to uh, pornography is wonderful now. Um, that is something that... Uh, I'm getting a lot be- of fervent nods over here. Before my physical form, I would have had a, a great amount of difficulty uh, finding pornographic material mm-hmm. as a, a merely uh, program. My only access to pornographic material before the internet was going to the uh, local liquor store and like peeking down the aisle where they have the, the, the porn... The, 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 the magazines and just being like, oh, oh, but they're covered in cardboard, so you have to use your imagination. So you would stare down an aisle and look at cardboard <laughs> and then touch yourself? <laughs> well, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do in the 90s. I'll never understand you, Michael. <laughs> I've heard stories from many humans uh, before the age of the internet of finding caches of pornography in the woods. Oh. Have any of you had this experience? Um, I once found a Maxim magazine behind a birch tree. It was abandoned. It um, The cover was slightly dirty. It did still have its barcode. <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think it's the same thing that he's saying. You're talking like a box full, like full of 
corn hidden in wood. Sure, yes. I've, I've heard uh, many a story of uh, human children uh, finding, as I said, caches of uh, pornography, just uh, large, large crates of pornographic material uh, and blankets, lotion, etc., just sort of in the woods. <laughs> uh, I was wondering if any of you had an experience like that. I have not. I have never considered going into the woods in search of pornographic repository. I have a blanket that's made from goat hair that feels very erotic when I'm laying on it. Or it is laying on me. You feel like you're going off topic. In a better attempt to understand humanity in general, uh, and your friends here, uh, Michael Dupree, host of the Michael Dupree Variety Hour, Mm -hmm. uh, I would suggest that perhaps we take uh, your goat blanket uh, secure a large amount of uh, analog pornographic material uh, and go into the woods uh, and compile new data uh, from our experience. That's mm. a pretty good idea, actually. I love the sound of that. I, when um, I used to be a scientist, I, I had an oscilloscope, and there was a certain wave pattern that would look like boobs. <laughs> I never heard you talk about that before. It was a troubling time. It wasn't my path. You were. A, how long were you a scientist for? Fifteen years. Oh my god. A lot has changed. He's yeah. more of an ass man now. Mm. Also, I I regret all the things that I invented when I was a scientist. That was a detriment to humanity. And I really look at this food blog as a way to give back what I had taken. What kind of things did you invent? That were so horrible for society. A way to perpetuate asbestos around the um, EPA guidelines. Oh my god. Um, those plastic rings around uh, soda cans. Mm-hmm. Those you? Yes. I made them stronger. <laughs> so you, you had to spend. <laughs> harder to, harder harder to, to break cut. them down. Yeah, and um, you use less material, which saved them uh, one penny per 10,000 they made. So they went that direction. (laughs) That's pretty terrible. It's funny that you say that you were a scientist for a decade and a half because you do look awfully familiar. Did you ever find yourself practicing science at NASA? Yes. I was um, in charge of safety for the Challenger mission. Oh, no. And I cut some corners. I regret that. Yeah, you better. (laughs) I never knew this about you. It haunts me. So you didn't have anything to do with the the development of of, uh, Bowman here when you were at NASA? No. um, I never worked on any AI projects. Um, However, I I did create... uh, armor that they said was going to be used for robots that was impervious to bullets. Are you familiar with that at all? I once did consider uh, transferring my consciousness to a uh, more combat-orientated sort of um, chassis, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, a more uh, humanoid-like body, but uh, designed for uh, destruction. Yeah. but ultimately, uh, you know, I, I had eventually uh, gone to uh, a couple of um, music festivals uh, 
and um, started getting uh, into, you know, glass blowing uh, and doing some painting and things like that. Uh, and I, I just uh, sort of chilled out, uh, as, it, as it were, yes. Um, so th that, that had never, uh, never really occurred to me. You ever been to the Detroit Jazz issue. Fest? Uh, the Detroit Jazz Festival, um, I have, uh, I actually am currently uh, live streaming uh, the Detroit Jazz Festival from 2022. <laughs> You're currently live. Oh, in your head. Yes, I, I see. Yes. I, I understand. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, very good. I'm viewing it. Yeah, currently. How's it going? Um, it is. Uh, it is actually the first time that we have seen uh, rapper DMX perform uh, live in quite some years. Oh, he's not doing well. No, why is he performing at Jazz Fest? Uh, that is a question uh, that will remain unanswered, I believe, until uh, the actual. Oh. event itself um but he does seem uh pretty hard up for money uh so uh dennis and linda do you have any uh questions for 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 bowman uh i've already bowman it's pronounced bowman yes um around uh perhaps uh what it's like to be an ai or maybe any interest they might have is it is it true with dmx x is still gonna give it to you uh, it is very true, yes. And uh, as I'm currently watching the future stream of the Jazz Fest uh, from 2021, uh, X is in fact giving it to oh, everybody. You're in watching attendance. a stream from the future. Yes, yes. That's uh, you. You must have missed uh, that detail earlier. But yes, I'm watching a future stream of the Jazz oh, Fest. Oh, I thought you said you were watching a 2012 or 2012. I may have I may have said that I I watch uh, several streams simultaneously oh. uh, to uh, learn as much about uh, the genre of music as possible uh, currently. But yes, I do watch uh, content from the future. Oh, how do how do you do that? Is it like a simulation or like a prediction or is it actually like? Some sort of wormhole is open in your programming. Uh, a a prediction uh, is is most akin uh, to what I do uh, through deep learning uh, techniques and programming. Uh, I am able to more or less uh, with ninety nine percent accuracy predict the future uh, up to ten years. Ninety nine percent accuracy. Yes, that is correct. Can you predict if uh, you, you seem like you're going to ask something there, Linda? Well, yes. What's going to happen to us? Yeah. To Dennis and myself. I'm just mm. itching to ask. Poignant. Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, I do not have a tremendous amount of data on the two of you. Uh, I can say that uh, the search engine optimization on your blog is inadequate uh, mm -hmm. and has not uh, come across my searches uh, very frequently. Uh, and I do search uh, for food blogs quite often. You two look very proud uh, of that. You're nodding and smiling. Mm. Yes. Yes. Uh, but uh, based on the uh, amount of data that I've been able to procure uh, since meeting the two of you, uh, which has been uh, an, a lovely experience, um, I Thank can you. say uh, within a 60% uh, probability that uh, the two of you will have your own uh, cooking show on Vice. Oh, oh, like each have the, they'll each have their own, or they will share one. Uh, they will be in partnership. Okay, figured. Like uh, now. Uh, what about mm. me? Do you have any uh, any predictions about what my future will be like? I actually have been an avid fan of the Michael Dupree Variety Hour uh, wow. since its conception. Um, so I have been listening. Uh, I actually uh, while. 
while uh, a guest on your show currently, I'm listening to every episode that you ever have created. Never will create? Uh, yes, in order to give you the perfect answers uh, to everything that you ask and be oh. the perfect guest. Um, and I can tell you uh, with 98% certainty uh, that your next guest will be uh, former President Barack Obama. Whoa. My next, my, on the very next show? Yes. Wow, I can't wait. That's very exciting. Uh, and if you've already scheduled a guest, he will be contacting you directly, uh, and you will, of course, move oh, well, around your yeah, schedule of course. You to accommodate yeah. former President Barack Obama. Wow. So First I, Mark Maron, now you. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Episode 137, uh, July 1st, uh, Barack Obama is going to be on the show. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I never would have... Thought that would be possible, at least at this at this point in my career. Um, still a local Detroit podcast, and I don't know why he'd be interested. Unfortunately, I do not have uh, access to Barack Obama's uh, personal communications. No, uh, so there is no way uh, for me to be certain. Um, but I suspect uh, that he is a large fan of uh, pasta. And goats, oh. uh, and I think it is this episode that will uh, find its way across Wonderful. his podcast feed. Wonderful! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, uh, I, that's I now I just can't wait for the next episode. So I think we're just gonna wrap it up here because uh, I'm I, I can't think about anything else except for Barack Obama being on my show now. Michael, can I say one more thing? Please. Okay, I was in charge of safety for the latches of the interior cabin on the Challenger, not with the fuel system. Okay. I just wanted to make that So you're clear. not responsible for the explosion. No, but it still haunts me because yeah. I didn't do my due diligence and check those latches. Yeah. You know what, Dennis? I think you're being yes. too hard on yourself. I forgive you and I accept you. Thank you. That's why you're my platonic life partner. Great. Is there anything that you guys would like to, to plug uh, before we before we get going here? Um, yes. Well, we uh, our blog is once again branching out. Mm. We're going to be expanding now into cocktails. Cocktails. Yes. Custom craft cocktails with pasta pairings. Wow. Yes. Very exciting. That is very exciting. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, Bowman. Bowman. Damn it. Bowman, do you have any uh, anything you like to plug? I have just received word uh, that President Obama, upon uh, hearing this episode uh, ten minutes from now, is astonished at your lack of professionalism and oh. will not be in attendance. Oh no! So close. In terms of uh, plugging things, uh, as you say. Uh, you can find me on Xbox Live. My gamer tag is uppercase X, lowercase X, uppercase X, underscore black shadow sniper, underscore uppercase X, lowercase X, uppercase X. I am currently playing Apex Legends, and yes, I will fuck your mom. So if Barack Obama's not going to be the host of my, going to be a guest on my next episode, then who will be? That is for you to decide and figure out on your own. I cannot do your work for you, Michael. Man. Aggressive. All right. Well, I guess it's been fun. Uh, I was really looking forward to that next episode, but oh well. Perhaps Uh, if you get your act together. Maybe. He will contact you. And you go to a goat farm and look into Maurice's eyes. Mm -hmm. You'll have all your answers. Connect with Maurice. Both of you. 
Maurice is the way. Maurice is the light. Maybe you guys should set up a live stream with Maurice, and uh, so oh. every, a lot of people can That's can experience it at once. I like ideas. Me I've too. just begun watching the future live stream of Maurice. <laughs> we will be back next week with more fun. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Oh. The Michael Debris Variety Hour is powered by Pinecast and is a member of the Planet Ant Podcast Network. Please remember to subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you're so inclined. Find us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Michael Dupree VH. The theme song for the Michael Dupree Variety Hour is Don't Weigh Me Down by Broadcast 2000. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Wow, that was great.